Yes! A lot to discuss. Yeah. A lot to discuss here on this Christmas edition of the Schick and Nick show. Happy holidays. Well, I think, oh, uh, I, ready? I, I think if uh, we'd have to say, what is on Matt Rule's, uh, his Christmas list? If, if Matt Rule had to sit down on Santa's lap, do you think he asked for a quarterback and that what Santa brought down the chimney for him? 9516028779569516020. What did Matt Rule ask for Christmas and did he receive it? All right, let's go to the phones. 9516028779516020. Uh Dale in Gibbon, Nebraska. Dale, go ahead. What's on your mind? I get the whole quarterback thing, but we really—he really got to shore up this offensive line. He's got it. The gap between the ones and the twos is just sizable, and the ones aren't very good. I mean, got to be able to run the football. Yeah, got to be able to protect uh, this Riola kid. We got to be able to do better. It's got to be the offensive line. I put eight offensive linemen in the sack. All right, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, that's Dale. good. Appreciate that's it. good. Let's go to Probably Larry. Accurate. Let's go to Larry in Lexington. Larry, uh, go ahead. What would uh, what, what, what's on your mind? I just think, I don't know why you don't get Jason Peters, Grant Wistrom, Zach Wiegert. You go get Eric Offord. You go get Abdul Muhammad. You did go get Mike Booker, Ralph, Mike Brown, Ralph Brown. You get all those guys to be all the position coaches. And you're telling me that we wouldn't have the number one recruiting class in America? I think you're crazy. That's all I got. Peace out from Lexington. It's Larry. Holla at your boy. It's Larry from Lexington. Holla at your boy. It's Larry from Lexington. Holla. Wow! Thank you, Larry. There's no reason he's got his own. He's got his own walk-off song. <laughs> every call, every call, Larry from Lexington ends with "Holler at your boy for eight minutes." Holler at your boy in Larry Lexington. Holler at your boy. Okay. All right. Best radio show of all time. That's good. I'm sorry. I'm glad we took those calls. I'm sorry. Look at you, Mr. So, Signing Day. How, I mean, you got takes. I know you got takes. What are your takes? Takes are uh, Signing Day certainly has changed. There was hard, there were hardly any highly touted, uncommitted prospects on yeah. Wednesday. It's turning more into what February kind of used to be, more ceremonial than anything. But, yeah, it was an odd day. You had some flips. You had this, you had that. But there was no surprises with Nebraska. They were pretty... Pretty locked and loaded, feeling good. Um, love the video of, of Ryan Day being very concerned and relieved when Jeremiah Smith, one of the top receivers in the country, they got the letter and then hours later still hadn't gotten the letter. I mean, the fact that everyone is just waiting for 17- and 18-year-olds to get their e-docs into the system. Happiness is defined and controlled by 17 to 18 year old boys. I mean, that's really what's happening. Yeah. It's really unfortunate, but that's where we're at. And do we really need, in the world of DocuSign, do we really need to formally sign anything in front of people? We can all do this digitally. Right. Let's it's just, all fake. 
It's all, it's all fake. fake. They're not even signing anything, you know? That's it. I'll put that on the polls. Anyone actually signing a national letter of intent with a pen and paper? I don't think it's happening. When they're on the stage? No. No, it's just ceremonial. Just go on the stage, do this. It's like you've already... You've already gotten married at the chapel. Now we're going to have a wedding? Okay. Yes. All right. Fine. Yeah. And that's fine. I mean, let's just, you want to have a little celebration for everybody? I'm all for it. But that's I mean, fine. Come on. That's it. That is, uh, that is it. You, you, you were able to holler. At, you, 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 you got to pick the brain of one Matt Rule. Pick the brain twice in one day of Matt Rule. Interviewed him on Sirius XM in the morning. Then I said, I'll holler at your boy later. Larry in Lexington, I'll holler at your, at your boy. boy. It's Larry in Lexington. Holler at your boy. It's Larry in Lexington. Would you, we put on a poll. Would you rather talk to Larry in Lexington or Matt Rule? Okay. I'll put that on the poll. Larry in Lexington or Matt Rule. Talked to him a couple of times. Didn't want to ask the same question each time. Yeah, it's hard to do. Even though it was completely different audiences. Yeah. But, um, We'll play. We'll we'll have the two interviews for you and Anthony Heron from Big Ten Radios on there as well, asking a couple questions. I ask a few, and then we'll do the uh, the ESPN interview. He was the only coach we could get on. We got denied, like by I think we asked thirty eight coaches, seventy two coaches. We asked what? a lot of coaches, and Matt Rule was the only one who said, "Yep, I can do it." Now it was also a three to five Eastern. There was a two-hour window where we could do it, but we taped Matt Rule actually at like 12.15, three hours before our show. What's, so up, with, what's, up, with, what's up with these coaches? People what's... just, I don't know. I think everyone's been out of shape. Everyone's dealing with, that just shows you. Matt Rule's like, I'm here in my lazy boy in the Nebraska office. I got my quarterback, got my knapsack. That's here if you've heard, I got Dylan Rayola. So, you know, I'm uh, very much available from three to five or any time for that matter. I, uh... I got my quarterback, so yes. Basically, that's what I mean. The sign is that he was the only guy that got the QB he wanted. Everybody else was all stressed. You know? Yep. Everyone else was all stressed. But did uh, we'll have that interview for you? Did you? Would you think of uh, Dylan's poem? Yeah. It was um. Let me pull that mug. I, I want to put this on the poll. If Dylan Riola had put out that poem months ago, would he be a five star? And would would Nebraska have wanted him? That poem was rough. Not gonna lie, the poem was rough. Um, but I don't think he wrote it. I mean, my guess my guess is someone wrote it for him. But maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe I mean, congrats. I think he'd probably be like, uh, no, someone else wrote that for me and told me to put that up there. I don't know. It's just. I mean, I don't mind the whole idea of a poem. I guess, but I don't know. I mean, I kids these days, man. I just can't relate to. They've changed, man. I I just. I don't want to go all, I mean, as an 18-year-old kid, he's, you know, he's a big deal. This is a big deal. And you don't want to, you don't want to totally rain on his parade. But I mean, I, the whole thing was a little like, okay, you're putting yourself, you, Dylan, like Rogers, Rozier, and Crouch, like, all right, we're already putting ourselves with, with three Heisman Trophy winners, like a little firm. It's just a little yeah. much. I did try my hand at a poem. Oh, you got one on too? the show. Okay. Yeah. And I actually, I had it um, during the, dur during the show, we showed Dylan Riola's uh, poem and then I wrote one and I said it on the air. Uh, mine was this highest ranked recruit they've ever had. He's following in the footsteps of his dad. He chose the big red big days are ahead. Husker nation is extremely glad. <laughs> I said that on ESPN too. 
I thought it was better than Dylan's. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was better than Dylan's. I, I'll take that one. Um, yeah, short and sweet. Short and sweet. But good day. Good day for Nebraska. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was quite – it's quite the start of something. And, of course, Jebba Purdy enters the portal at the end of the uh, evening, which was interesting. So, yeah. I don't know. It's like you go from, all right, you got this great freshman quarterback, and then it goes to – Oh, no, we're going to have to start a freshman quarterback. It's like, yeah, that's probably what was going to happen anyway. Of course it was. That's what's happening. Uh, of yeah. course it was. And, you know, I mean, I, I you know, you listen to Matt Rule's press conference. Uh, you know, he talks about uh, everything's earned, not given. And that, you know, he was at the time he was saying Chubba and Heinrich Harburg earned the right to compete for the starting job, all those sorts of things. But, I mean, come on. Like, this is going to be this. We all know what how this story is going to end here for the UTEP starter. And... I, I, uh, do you think now that we're, we're past signing day, do you feel like you have any clarity and as to what exactly happened with Dylan reaching out to like, what, what led to Dylan going to Nebraska? What do you think, you know, you, what do you think? The whole Carson Beck thing, I think is an easy dot to connect, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, when you committed to Georgia, no one knew who Carson Beck was, like outside of Georgia. Like, no one really saw him do anything. He's replacing Stetson Bennett. So, the thought that maybe there was a thought of, I don't know who this guy is, I'll be able to beat him out. And then when he decides to come back, it's like, well, he's obviously the guy. I'm not going to beat him out. Mm-hmm. Right. So, the story did change during the fall when you realize how really good Carson Beck is. But I also wonder if it's. As decision time and putting pen to paper came closer, maybe there was a reality setting in of, is this really where I want to be? Like you, you, you're finding commits, committing to, to be a placeholder, to reserve your spot. It's like in a DraftKings DFS. I'm going to reserve this spot. I'll draft it later. You know, I'll pay to reserve, but I have a, I can, I can draft it later, get, do something else. I wonder if that's part of it. It's interesting, as you'll hear in the interviews and what he said in the news conference, where Matt Rule makes it very clear, Dylan reached out to us. Yes, he does. And he does He does that to make because he's a very, uh, I don't know, mannered person where he doesn't want anyone to think that they tampered, even though you can tamper with an unsigned prospect. It's not called tampering. But we we did to them what we wouldn't want them to do to us. Like it's he made it very clear that it was a one way street. Do I buy that? I don't know. I mean, there's probably still some communication there, but it's pretty clear that they did back off. And you know, when a guy's committed to Georgia and it's December, do you really think you could go flip a guy from a two time national champ yeah. and he's moved there? I don't, I don't want to be totally cynical and, and, and act like it's not possible of what you're saying that at the last minute, Dylan Raiola was like, man, do I really, we all do this. There are things that are easy to think that you want to do. You're like, Oh, I really like, but when it comes right down to it, do you, are you really going to do that? I, I think it'd be silly to not think that there was some sort of back channel. Hey, here's what we can do for you, type of thing, and maybe that was well, the final cherry on top. What I, what, what I, I totally agree. I think there, there were plenty of cherries getting handed out. So, but what I, what I think potentially happened here, 
is Dylan Raiola wants to play. He yeah. wants to play. He's not interested in sitting and learning and waiting and redshirting and holding the clipboard and wearing a hat on the on the sidelines and doing hand signals to the starters. He don't want to. He wants to play. And so, what I think maybe that that was a driving force for him. The Carson oh, Beck decision. The Carson Beck decision happens. He goes, eh, we got a dude that's, you know, started for a whole season. That's going to be a battle. Not only, not only are you not going to pl- be the starter, you really don't have a chance to unseat. Yes, like, like you're not. That's you know. not an open competition. Like you, which he's going the back starter. to the thought of when he committed to Georgia, no one knew who Carson Beck was. Right. Exactly. So then, so what I think is he sees that, and then he looks at Nebraska. And he sees arguably the worst power conference quarterback situation of the last season. It was terrible, you know? I mean, this was the worst offense in 60-plus years at Nebraska. And so I think he then looked at Nebraska and saw a quarterback situation that he knows he can come in and control from the start. And so I think those two i think i think everything had to align it just it all kind of worked out you know right. like that's so i yeah. sure i'm not saying it wasn't about like uh, you know the that that it you know he he was where his heart was and all those things i mean he wrote a poem i mean he wrote, he wrote, a, wrote poem. a poem you he, can tell it was about the heart yeah you know. he says he's got he's got it in his blood i mean yes. blood is thick blood's yeah. very thick it is he also had a poem that said Picasso is my favorite art. I'm trying to go somewhere and start. Okay, I don't know if that's at all what he wrote there. I don't. Picasso is my favorite art. I want to go somewhere and start. <laughs> Maybe that, that would have been that would have been one of the greatest poems. Don't. <laughs> you don't like that poem? I like that poem. No, I don't. I don't know That's a, if that is. You know, it's about time for Santa to hop on his sleigh. I want to go somewhere where I can play. Like I don't know if that's you know, the, the See, holiday themed. Either. I think. I think that one. I think that one works as well. Part of that. I think that one works as well. I think Picasso is my favorite art. I'm trying to go somewhere Picasso's I can start. That's what. That's what I think yeah. he's. No, that's I think that's I think that's true. I think poem. today's uh, the freshman quarterback nowadays, they want to get that clock started as soon as possible, because if you're going to the NFL, you don't want to lose out on that money by waiting an extra year to go, and you want to get to the NFL as soon as possible. That's what he would like to do, and if you redshirt, that's just one year delaying of playing, yeah. right, and development I, I uh, and yeah. and live reps, and so. Yeah, going back to the, I'm going to commit there. Stetson Bennett's gone. Carson Beck, I guess we'll see what he does. And then it gets to November, December. Like, man, this guy is really good. And he's coming back. Okay, I need to go someplace else. Let me write a poem and let's go to Nebraska. Right. That, I think I think it's that. And so I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying it's yeah. not about his heart and all those things. Like, it just that, that happened to jive with, like, the driving force behind. Like, if Carson Beck says, I'm leaving, Dylan Raiola's staying. That's what I think, but I don't mean to be. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I probably It'd be an easy dot to connect. Be an easy dot to connect. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean whatever. Who cares? As long as he's here, me lucky. Okay, that was Matt Rule's poem. Okay, I don't know if that <laughs> <laughs> that didn't even rhyme, and it was one sentence long. All right, 
That's quite the poem from Matt Rule. All right, so we have some things to get to here. Yeah, we do. Let's play. I, I want to play for you. Here, here. I want to tease something deep here. We do have the holiday album done and ready. That is ready for your stocking stuffer. That will come at the end of this podcast. It's insane. Okay, it's really insane. It's not so much Christmas music, but it is music to your ears. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you yeah. Remember, yeah. When back in the day, when you got CDs, people got CDs for Christmas. You know, like, come on, this is. It's a good way to say it. Back when you got CDs, people got CDs. It's true. It's a great way to put it. I'm glad. That was also Matt Rule's poem. You know? Okay. People got, when you got CDs, people got CDs. You think about that? You ever really thought about that? Makes you think, huh? Say it like Doc Brown. Maybe that would really make that sentence. Back better. when people got CDs, people would get CDs. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. So that went exactly as I had hoped. Okay. So we will have that coming up. Let's play. This is the uh, the Nebraska uh, Matt Rule interview on Sirius XM Big Ten Radio. You can hear it eight to eleven a.m. Eastern time. Hey. Channel three seventy two. You'll hear Anthony Heron and myself. Uh, first question I asked: How has recruiting changed with NIL and everything since the last time he was in college coaching? Because Last year didn't really count because he was only on the job for a month before National Signing Day. Here was his answer, and here's the interview. Well, I think it's uh, it's probably got a lot of the similarities and a lot of differences. You know, I think uh, at the end of the day, young people are still looking for a place where um, they can be happy, where they can be developed, where, you know, what you tell them in recruiting is actually what's happening. So I think that part of it's all very similar. I think uh, roster management and long-term vision – um, all that's changed a little bit, um, some for the good, maybe some for the bad. But, you know, I think the, the best coaches are the ones who can adapt. And so we've tried to adapt. We've tried to uh, react to the changing landscape and, and still bring in the type of people that we want to be in, be around and develop. And this cycle, your first, you know, full cycle, getting to go through the recruiting process as the head man at Nebraska, whereas last year you had maybe had to hit the ground running in a certain way. In what ways did actually knowing your current roster and having time to sort of plan in a way that you didn't last year, how did that impact this version of the process for you? Well, I think I think um, you have a little bit more time to understand. Okay, you know what 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 uh, a good player looks like in the Big Ten. Um, you have a little more time to understand what we have. Um, you know, I always like the summer camp session where we have you know, guys that were recruiting come to camp because I can work with them in drills right after we just worked with them in spring ball, our own team. And so you can really sort of do a comparison, uh, you know, without, without being, you know, in the season. So I think having a good picture for what, you know, what we have, what we need, what, what the league in, uh, dictates, all of that uh, really helps. And then you have a chance, you know, at this point to go back and look at the guys you signed last year and um, see the development, see, see uh, who's, who's the player that you thought they were. And, and I think the, that ability to evaluate and project guys out is really what makes a good program. And, um, you know, we were able to kind of check our work from last year and go back and apply it this year. Matt Rule, head coach in Nebraska, joining us, Big Ten Radio. Matt Schick, Anthony Heron. Uh, Dylan Riola uh, committing and signing today, one of the best quarterbacks uh, in the country. At what point throughout this process did you firmly believe you had a legitimate chance 
to bring Dylan Raiola into the fold? Yeah, I think uh, uh, Dylan reached out to me um, late, uh, or I guess early last week, you know, on on Sunday or so, and uh, uh, let let me know that this was something he had interest in. Obviously, uh, we built a really strong relationship with him and his family early on. Um, You know, uh, I think that once he decided he was going to Georgia, uh, we certainly backed off, but but we're, we're still available and around. And so, uh, hearing from him wasn't a surprise. Hearing from him, him that he wanted to come um, was a pleasant surprise, and and one that I'm excited for. Excited to have he and his family uh, be a part of the of the program moving forward. So there, I'm sure you're aware there were reports about whether you know the the potential for Dylan, and then here recently as Kyle McCord enters the portal from Ohio State, and the potential for him. Uh, how does that balance work out in, in modern recruiting now where it's not only the high school level, but, you know, guys who have already performed and in McCord's case at a high level at the collegiate level and trying to balance where you prioritize those resources? Yeah, I, I never had a lot of interest in taking a, a one year player. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Uh, we certainly will always look into it. But, but my goal has been. To have um, to have a, a, a program where we were, especially at the quarterback position, bringing guys in as freshmen and sophomores, teaching them to play the game the way we want them to play it, teaching them, you know, everything from from situational football to to our offense, um, and so uh, really we prioritize high school players, and that might be a little bit different every position. That might be a little bit different every year, but uh, I think for us. Uh, first Daniel, Kalen, and then uh, Dylan, um, we felt like uh, the best thing we could do for our team was go young. And uh, we have a lot of confidence in Chubba Purdy and, and Heinrich Harburg. And I didn't feel great about bringing someone in uh, that only had one year, put, putting them, putting that person ahead of those guys, both of whom went out and uh, competed well for us this year. So we like our quarterback room. We have four scholarship players in the room and uh, um, excited to see what those guys do moving forward. What was your message to Dylan about the opportunity he might have in 2024? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, nothing's given, everything's earned, and I think that's you know, how he wants it. Um, that's how all of our guys want it. That's really the ethos of this place. And so uh, we're going to have great competition each and every day in every position. And uh, because we believe in competition, we hope that uh, you know people aren't scared of it. We hope that people embrace it, and um, the best players will play. And uh, I think that's all we want as a player, to know that we're a part of a fair competition, and and that's what we'll have here, not just this year, but every year. Break them down for us. What's the Dylan Riola skill set? Well, I think in terms of uh, dropping back and throwing the football, I think his his arm talent is as elite as any. You know, I had a chance to see him throw live. Um, I've I've been in a lot of pro days uh, in recent years during my time in Carolina throws it as well as anybody uh, I've seen. Uh, competitive, smart, uh, eat up with the game, loves to, loves to study the game. And so, <clears throat> to me, when you can take someone who's got great arm talent and uh, they have the work ethic to want to, want to be able to, you know, process quickly and, and uh, you know, kind of run the whole show, then you have a chance to be really successful. So, excited to see him in the, in the years ahead and watch his development and growth. Daniel Kalen was uh, another good quarterback, was phenomenal in the Elite 11. What were your conversations like with him throughout the process the last couple of weeks with Dylan Raiola coming in? Yeah, I mean, Daniel, um, Daniel's someone that can go anywhere in the country. You know, he's 
had people recruiting him down to the last week, but you know he's a Husker. He wants to be here. Uh, you know, he, he's someone who believes in competition. You know, he knows that competition is king. Went out to the Elite Eleven, um, really uh, showed what he could do. Uh, he can really process quickly, sees the field, uh, got a great release. And um, I think if you want to be the best, you know, you have to go be willing to compete against the best. And uh, Daniel didn't, he didn't blink in that. And I respect that a, a great deal. And so we're lucky that we have two of the best quarterbacks in the country committed and signed now to us. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, this is a, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, lots of things will happen. And whereas everyone's always looking for the best situation, uh, sometimes uh, the place where you can get developed and taught the best is, is just as important. And so when Daniel decided to, to stick with us, um, some of that I certainly appreciate. So looking at your, your current class top to bottom right now, ranked as a, a top 20 class uh, by most services, where would you say were the areas of priority that you're, you're happiest with now that you kind of have a sense for, for who's coming in? Um, you know, I, I think we did a nice job of, of getting some depth in the receiver room and on the O-line. Um, you know, we wanted offensive playmakers. Uh, um, obviously, we talked about the quarterbacks, uh, but, but putting some guys in the offensive line room and then signing guys like, you know, Ja'Cory Barney out of Miami, signing guys like Carter Nelson here in the state, um, you know, uh, signing some of the best prospects, eight prospects again from Nebraska, Davon Hall, Isaiah McMorris, and many more. Um, you know, excited to first start at home, but also excited to uh, to add some offensive versatility and some guys who can do some things with the football um, as we sort of replenish the roster moving forward. You have said time and again that overnight success takes a long time. Uh, but it hasn't taken you a long time to turn programs around. Year two, year three, we certainly see a jump in your last couple of stops. What have you seen that makes you think this program could be ready to do something similar? Yeah, yeah, we're going to win. Um, uh, we have, we have, we have too good of a support, too good of a fan base, great facilities, really good players, strong commitment from guys that could have gone to the NFL but decided to come back. Um, young players like this that are coming. So I, I, it's, to me, it's not a matter of if, it's just when. And that comes down to work. Talking about it doesn't really help. You know, we've got to, we've got to go do it. We were close last year, you know, five and seven, and we lost five games by, you know, three points or in overtime. So while we were close, um, sometimes that means you're really far away too. So uh, we, we're going to get back to work. And um, as I said, there's, there's not a doubt in my mind that uh, we're going to be a team that, that competes at the highest levels here in the years moving forward. There's a lot of talk, too, about, hey, when, when's Nebraska going to be back? That word back gets used for a lot of programs, and people are waiting for it to happen in Lincoln. What does back look like at Nebraska? Yeah, I don't know. That's not a word that I use. You know, to me, um, we want to we we wanna compete every year to be in the conversation, to, to be in the, you know, the, the conference championship. We want to compete every year to be in the college football playoff. We want to compete every year to be in a successful bowl game and win a bowl game and um, obviously, there's different levels to each of those things, but um, that's something that we expect. And so, <clears throat> this year was not exactly everything that we wanted. But you know, with and with one game left, and you know, the second to last game, we were in second place in the league. Uh, unfortunately, just couldn't win those games down the stretch. But we put ourselves in that position, and so uh, for us moving forward, um, we just have to continue to take steps. But getting back, you know, uh, the the success of the '90s, the success of the '70s and '80s. 
Um, I just think for us, the best thing that we can do is just look forward and say, hey, uh, let's go compete at the highest levels. And to me, that's about recruiting great players, developing players, putting great game plans together, and um, looking forward to watching this group of guys that we signed today um, help us in, 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 that, in, that, in that effort. Matt Rule, head coach of Nebraska, let's get back to work. Thanks for spending part of your signing day with us. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, brother. All right. I like what he said there at the end talking about being back. Like, we don't talk about back, but he mentions what they want to accomplish. We can win here. We will win here. Like, there is something very tangible of, like, the confidence that he has yeah. about what yeah. he's seen so far. Do you add that to a top 10 player, top 20 class? Boom. Yeah, I think we can get it done here, and he's got a track record to prove it. I think that one of the things that stood out with that is the what do you make of – it's weird. He talks pretty passionately about how he – what McCord would have been wasn't what he wanted – he says, I don't I don't like one-year guys. So then what? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I'm I'm trying to make sense of that. I mean, because he was pretty bad. Like, I got no, no interest in one-year guys. Sir, a one-year guy is in your office. Like, that's not important. <laughs> I mean, so what? I'm trying to. He scheduled an appointment, and you took the appointment. Right. I'm not. That was. Again, I, I think there are some things that are said that maybe are delivering a message that maybe that wasn't that might be deep down how he feels, but out of necessity, sometimes you got to take it. You know, I'm not right. interested in one year guys. Uh, parenthetical, sometimes you might have to take one. Like if they don't get Riola, you need McCourt, right? right. Yeah. So, so I, I, I think that, yeah, and, that meant. and maybe that's what he meant. Like, I mean, I think we all do things where, like, ideally, I don't want to do this, but sometimes circumstances and, mean, you know. And, re- and remember, by the time McCord visited, the Riola news had already come out that he was likely mm-hmm. going to flip. So that phone call, whatever that was, had already happened. So you wonder what that visit was like. So what's going to happen? Well, I might have this five-star. Hey, I don't even know if I really want a one-year guy now. <laughs> what? You literally just were on the phone with me talking about you want to be like, oh, I was drunk. I'm sorry. I'll have the burger that someone brings you a steak. <laughs> Sir, your burger's ready. I never want a burger. I didn't even want that. I didn't even. I never wanted that at all. So I don't. I, I thought I don't that want was fast food. I want the slow cook. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. It just was. Yeah. And and I. I mean, sometimes we all do that. I mean, coaches are always going to like whatever their however their situation ends. They're going to paint it like how they. That's what we wanted the whole time. And okay, you know. But thought that I thought that was interesting. All right, and then uh, had him on for just a few minutes on ESPN. Uh, here's uh, just a few minutes of uh, Matt Rule on the National Sighting Day special. A little more, you know, a little more vibrant in the TV setting. He's very comfortable uh, in that. Here we go. Also the first Nebraska quarterback to be ranked in the top 100 of his class. The head coach of the Huskers joins us now. Matt Rule. Matt, walk us through that, that timeline. How were you able to land Dylan's commitment? Well, I'll be honest with you. You know, we, did, we didn't do very much. Uh, you know, got a call last Sunday uh, from Dylan, um, just you know, kind of saying, "Hey, coach, I, I think my heart's there," and um, uh, respected the way he handled it. Just uh, wanted to, you know, didn't want this to be about recruiting. Just at the end of the day, I think you know when he thought about his purpose and the things that he wanted to do, uh, his Husker ties ran deep, and I uh, wanted to come visit. Came and visited, and 
and um, you know, said, hey, coach, I, I want to be a Husker. And um, obviously, you know, the University of Georgia, Kirby Smart, what a great program, had nothing really to do with them. I think that's just, this is the son of a Husker football legend, a Husker football player, and and he knows what it would be mean to come back here and, and be the quarterback, and that, that leads us to greatness. Seeing some of the highlights here, you mentioned leading you to greatness. A lot of pressure, a lot of expectations can be placed on a five-star freshman coming in. What have you told him about what the potential is for his role in 2024? Well, I think one of the first things you kind of hit on it is, is to forget about the five-star, forget about uh, expectations, and, and just work on uh, becoming the best player you can be. Um, I think so often, you know, guys, when they're recruited, you know, they're trying to live up to something. To me, being a great quarterback is about learning the game. It's about learning the way that, you know, we talk about football, learning our scheme, learning the way we train, learning the way that we uh, run, hand the football off, uh, learning, you know, sort of everything from the ground up. And I think when you look at the best players in college, when you look at the best players in the NFL, they're the ones who have that consistency. So, you know, our program, you know, everything's earned, nothing's given. I know that's the way that Dylan wants it. He wants to come in and just compete from day one. And and I expect him to do that. I know he'll do it at a high level. And I want him to have a lot of fun while he does it. What, what does this commitment, getting a top 10 player, what does that signify to you? Well, you know, when I took the job, I, I talked to a lot of people around the country. And some of the you know best co coaches, they all said, you know what, Matt, when I look in Nebraska, I see a sleeping giant. And, and for the last year, Trev Alberts, myself, our staff, We've worked hard to start to wake this thing up, and uh, uh, there's there's unbelievable facilities, the best fan base in football, um, a, a great history and tradition. And I think what this does is this just kind of signifies out there in the recruiting world that uh, one of the best players in the country said, you know what, I, I want to go to Nebraska. I see what they're doing. I see what they're building. We have a great signing class. We have a bunch of great players. Uh, this just brings it to a national level. And um I, I look for our team to follow suit. Uh, we, we expect to be one of the best teams in the country moving forward because that's what Nebraska always has been. Now that you've had a lay of the land, you've had a full season, this full recruiting cycle, you've seen how NIL can work in Lincoln with that 1890 initiative. What do you think is within the realm of possibility there at Nebraska? Yeah, we should be a, we should be a program. And, I, you know, to me, this never been a matter of if, it's just when. Uh, we should be a program that, that competes for the, the Big Ten Championship. Uh, competes to go to the college football playoff, uh, you know, and and eventually competes for national titles. Um, it's uh, it, it's too great of a state with too great of a fan base, a tremendous alignment, uh, unbelievable facilities, and I think everyone here is aligned. You mentioned the 1890 uh, initiative; they've done a tremendous job of, of of doing things the right way. You know, we don't want players coming here just because of hey, I can get this or I can get that. We want them to come because they can get a great education. Uh, be trained to be NFL players and, and win championships. So I only came here because I believe the sky's the limit. Uh, there's a lot to do to get there. Uh, today's obviously a great day towards getting us to that. Matt Rule, head coach of Nebraska, gets a top 10 player in a top 20 class. Matt, congrats on that. Best of luck next season. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Matt. All right. There's more of uh, Matt Rule. Your thoughts? I mean, I think the one thing he's been consistent with, and it's not to say that it's not uh, – you know Scott Frost, whoever didn't talk about it, just like the, the the how much he believes in in what they're doing and and what Nebraska's job can be and what that program should should aspire to be. Um, but he he you know it was a lot of the same. It's just interesting that you know it was Dylan that reached back out and I, I don't know. I'm just I'm very interested in the the 
right. just what happened on that Sunday that led to that phone call from from Rayola to to Rule. Yeah, and and there was reports of Kirby Smart being in constant communication with him, probably also letting him know, yeah, here's what Carson's going to do, and yeah. getting you info. And then within an hour of those two of Carson's announcement was Dylan's announcement, and so, but but Matt Rule is very careful to make you know, to make it be known, we didn't do anything, right, and and that's a that's a tactic. It could be true, but he wants it to be very clear. Right. And then went out, went out of his way to talk about how great Georgia's program is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so that, that's all very – to make sure yeah. that – yeah. to Because, you know, you don't want to – listen, everybody's going to be trying to recruit your players until the very, very, very end. But, yeah, you just you, – you, you don't want to get too much into that world. Especially when Matt is on – Rule is on record – just a couple of weeks ago, talking on the McAfee show about how he doesn't like, you know, being able to buy players off of other people's rosters. Yeah. Now, Dylan wasn't on the roster, but it's very close to that, right? So, yeah, the the whole NIL stuff has changed the game forever about why players go there. And everyone was, I don't say everyone, but most big-level schools were doing that already. Nebraska seemed hesitant to do that. And now they can. Mm -hmm. We talked about how, oh, the rich will just get richer. Well, there are limits to how many players you can have on a roster and how many great players you can have on a roster. And so Nebraska is now able to play that game. And you look at how some of these top players have been distributed. You see the Missouri logo. You see the Nebraska logo. You see the way that recruiting has changed will benefit Nebraska They've always been able, though, to get top 20 classes. Scott Frost did it, too. Yes. So that doesn't assume just because you got a top 20 class. Well, yeah, we, we've seen that. It's also about retention and development, and it seems like they have the right staff to, to do Yeah, that. I mean, because like th- this class, in terms of where it ended up landing recruiting rankings-wise, is very much similar to where Mike Riley and Scott Frost and Bo Pelini, like, yeah. very similar to where it was. The difference is you have a five-star quarterback. Five-star. And we've, we've talked about how – it's it's amazing. I was talking to I was talking to Bo and my buddy Chris yesterday, and caller Chris, caller Chris. He I, we found him. I said, just let me talk to you for a little bit. Okay, and that was it. I apologize, but it is amazing how I want you to snapshot go back to how you felt when that Iowa game ended, and then think about how everybody feels now. And it's amazing how fast things, you know, yeah, it's the joke. Nebraska wins the offseason national championship, you know, every year ever. But this one feels like the most legitimate whenever. When, yeah. I mean, they just landed a five star number one quarterback in the country. So this feels like the most legitimate offseason national championship they've they've won. They struck out with the favored son coach. Now they get the favored son quarterback. Right. He comes home. You got to cash in on these opportunities and and make it work. And it seems like they've got everything around Dylan to 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 do that. It's funny. The more you watch these bowl games, too, and again, it's not like the grass is always greener. It may have worked out for Nebraska to not be in a bowl game, just so your attention isn't divided in a very important recruiting class. And also, half the population is opting out of these bowl games, yeah. right? So you're either in the playoff or you're not playing a meaningful game. Mm-hmm. And Nebraska, right now, whether they're playing a bowl game or not, are lumped in with everybody else that's not in the playoff. Yeah. Now, now it's about getting back in, and rule makes it clear. 
let's let's get there. Let's get to that top twelve playoff for sure. next year for or sure. in the years to come. So, all right, should we get to the polls here before we? Let's do it. Let me pull all them right. up so I can look at them with you. The, the polls brought to you by Pillar Exteriors. Four zero two nine one nine. Okay, glad you did that. Again, <laughs> the polls brought to you by Pillar Exteriors. Four zero two nine one nine. Roof. All right, here we go. It's funny. I'm reading these polls. They haven't actually closed yet. We're recording this uh, before Sunday to get this out before the holiday season. That's okay. So you can hear the uh, the album for the stocking stuffer. Did knowing Riola is likely coming to Nebraska ease the pain of the volleyball loss? 69% said yes. Mm-hmm. What would you rather have won this week? A volleyball national title or Dylan Riola? Riola, 60%. Wow, that's not going to sit well with a lot of people. 40%. Yeah. Should Mike Allstott have announced the Dylan Riola commitment during the volleyball match? 80% said yes. <laughs> if there are recruiting rumors that aren't true, must you have Nate Swift denials? 92% said yes. Do you think Nate Swift voted on that? Let's hope so. Should Nebraska have recruited Greg Paulus? 62% said yes. I th- that's a personal victory for me. Can I just say that? That one personally feels like I have won. Yep. I like that one. Are you comfortable with Dylan Marble Riola? 66% said yes. That's great. Should Hostess sponsor the first half of next year's Husker football schedule and Cactuses sponsor the second half? 95% said yes. What a <laughs> yeah. dumb question. Oh, nearly think... a unanimous answer. Oh, that is good. Cactus need it. They, their, their advertising budget is going up. They got to gotta get the word out on cactuses. By the way, I did go to the old Dominion uh, famous toastery bowl game. <laughs> yeah. We were going nuts. My boys were so fired up. I said, we're rooting for old Dominion. Dad's got him in a pick em. Uh We got him here in this game. They're up 28 nothing. We're going crazy. I'm yelling old Dominion. I put on the chicken neck account. Then they lost the game. The boys were rooting hard for old Dominion. We go on the ride home after they lose. They're up 35-7 and lose the game. Cohen, my 13-year-old, on the way home goes, he goes, I feel like I just watched a Nebraska game. Oh. He goes, oh. like, I was so invested, and they lost. I was like, yeah, imagine if you actually really liked imagine it. Imagine if you actually are invested, <laughs> you know? Wow. But, yeah, that was fun. Fun to go to that bowl shouts game. Shouts out to the bowl games and shouts out to Old Dominion. Old Dominion. Old Dominion. You knew who we were rooting for there. Oh, of There's course. no doubt about it. All right. Are you ready for this? I think so. Um, I'm not sure if the world's ready for this, but we better we better find out. So here is uh, we, there's a new album out. We've done the holiday hits yeah. in the past with Greg Sharp. He's back at it again. This w- this went a different way, one that I was not expecting, but I think it turned out pretty good. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. All right. Here we go. From the man who brought you Greg Sharp Sings the Holiday Hits and the encore album Greg Sharp Sings More Holiday Hits comes a brand new record sure to delight audiences young and old. Wow, now that's what I call touchdowns. Nebraska soybean board. Skeeter bars, but naked barbecue sauce. So good, Dad, you don't even need sauce. You need to score a touchdown. Greg Sharp has sung the holiday hits 
Now he's singing America's greatest hits from the 80s, 90s, and today. It's driving me out of my mind. That's why it's hard for me to find. Can't get it out of my head. Miss her, kiss her, love her. I scored a touchdown. Touch it. Nothing gets you more ready to take on the day than getting in sync with the voice of the Huskers. Every little thing I do never seems enough for you. You don't want to lose it again. But I'm not like them. Maybe when you finally get to love somebody, guess what? It's going to be a touchdown. Wow, that's what I call touchdown. Showcases not only Greg Sharp's singing ability, but also his bilingual versatility. Upside, inside out, living La Vida touchdown. She will wear you out, living La Vida touchdown. It's an album that will bring a smile to your face and a tear to your eye, whether you're a young fan or simply young at heart. I guess you'd say what can make me feel this way. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Talking about touchdown, touchdown. This album is a reminder that Greg Sharp can do it all. From calling Big Mac sacks to singing the famous Macarena. At the 30, at the 20, at the 10, is it touchdown? At the 15, at the 10, at the 5, is it touchdown? Come on, everybody, don't you want to score a touchdown? Hey, it's a touchdown. Like a long-developing play or the four-minute offense, Greg Sharp can slow things down as you consume his vocal versatility like a jagged little pill. An old man turned 98. He won the lottery. Died the next day. It's a black fly in your Chardonnay. It's death row pardon. Two minutes too late. And isn't it a touchdown? Don't you think? It's a touchdown in a football game. Wow, that's what I call touchdowns is a reminder that in order to sing well, sometimes you have to sing bad. And the whole world has to answer right now just to tell you once again, touchdown! From the broadcast booth to the recording studio, and now into your Christmas stocking, Greg Sharp presents Wow! Now That's What I Call Touchdowns, available wherever made-up records are sold. And the whole world has to answer right now just to tell you once again, touchdown! So, oh, pull the curtain back on this. We had attempted to do just more Christmas songs. Right. And then you said, what about if we did, wow, that's what I call, now that's what I call touchdowns, which I do remember seeing that logo. One of our listeners might have thrown that out there in the Shikinik account. Maybe that's where like, it was, yeah. 
yeah, there's something there. But it's like, well, what are we going to do? And then you said, well, we'll just do a bunch of songs. And I know what era we're going to do. And so I just want you to have this thought or just this visual. I am on the set of National Signing Day before the show starts. And something pops into my email at, at my ESPN email address. And I can see the list of all these songs that you've done. They say, Greg Sharp, Poison, Greg Sharp, Bad, Greg Sharp, Hurt So Good, Greg Sharp, Ironic. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So, so I get on the plane afterwards. I'm like, I, I'd like to work on this. Because yeah. downloading the karaoke's and doing all that, like I just want to mix the song portions together. I'm sitting. I got bumped up to first class. Yes, okay? I'm sitting in first class. Here I am, having just done National Signing Day on ESPN. I'm sitting there and I'm listening to a Greg Sharp impersonation, <laughs> and you're only doing it without music, right? So I'm putting the music together. So I'm listening to this all raw, <laughs> just your 10 to 20 second clips. I want you to imagine sitting on a plane, <laughs> sitting on a plane, and then in my headphones, no one else can hear, I hear this. At the 30, at the 20, at the 10, it's a touchdown. At the 15, at the 10, at the 5, it's a touchdown. Come on, everybody. Don't you want to score a touchdown? Hey, it's a touchdown. Okay. Now, now I put in that effect there at the end afterwards, but it was just all. Yeah. It was raw and you doing the Macarena. When I heard that part, I had tears (laughs) down my face. I had to look out the window because of just the... At the 30, at the 20, at the 10, it's a touchdown. At the 15, at the 10, at the 5, it's a touchdown. Like, that that was by far my favorite part. That was by far my favorite part. Not even close. As I was writing the lyrics of those, I was, I was screaming laughing as I just wrote them down. That, for me, that one took the cake. That one... It was the best one. The Macarena is the best one. The hurt so good one is the stupidest one. <laughs> Somebody here, Skeeter Barnes, buck naked barbecue sauce, so good that you don't even need sauce. Like that, that little two lines there the, just killed me. The ironic one <laughs> is so long. It's so long, and it's 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 like twenty five seconds just to get to. Well, isn't it a touchdown? <laughs> Don't you think it's a touch? Like none of it makes sense, but everything just like, let's just sub touchdown in for every key part, every hook of of these songs. And, and the way, the way for some reason, it was only one line of Michael Jackson bad, but for some reason, the way it flowed to me just and the whole world has to answer right now, just to tell you once again, touchdown. It just, the way it flowed was too good to not to not send it to you. I was going to say, hey, you don't need to use bad if you don't want to because it's literally one sentence. No, and I don't. I never know how. So, put the music parts together. Didn't have my my tracks. Wrote out a script Wednesday night on the plane about what I would do, what I would write, 
And then just to go in and out of these songs. And then I didn't know how it was going to end, but I had bad at the end. And then just the way that that ended. And the whole world has to answer right now just to tell you once again, touchdown. <laughs> like, wow. Like that was. If you were on the fence about purchasing, that would make you purchase. Right? You are buying that CD. I'll put this on the poll. That. Would you purchased? Wow. Now that's what I call touchdowns. That's. Oh my gosh! I, singing, I, I, I couldn't get out of my head. Like, and you probably think about this too. You're calling a game, and then you're doing this podcast. Like, you're, you're doing, you're sitting there talking to Matt Rule. You're doing National Signing Day on ESPN, breaking down prospects, and then you're sitting on a plane, <laughs> listening to someone impersonate Greg Sharp do the Macarena. <laughs> you were on ESPN, on the set, looking great, in a suit, talking. Some of the most important stuff in the college football world. And 90 minutes later, you're listening to raw audio of me singing Alanis Morissette, ironic as Greg Sharp. Like, I don't know what, I don't know. You, you, that's the full spectrum of, of, of your broadcasting world right there, I suppose. Good God. Like the raw stuff was just really fun to listen to. And I could tell you were listening to the song. So you had the beat. You yep. weren't just winging it which made my job much easier. I had my AirPods like, in with them, and then yeah. I would sing it into the mic. Yes. Nebraska soybean board. <laughs> Skeeter Barnes, buck naked barbecue sauce. So good, Dad. You don't even need sauce. You need to score a touchdown. <laughs> that's, that's the raw without any music. So, like, all of those were just you. And Greg Sharp, at some point, has turned into some cowboy, farmer, rancher, western guy. He's got an accent now. He does not have an accent. You've turned him into a hillbilly. I think, for for some reason, my Greg Sharp... Is he like Luke Combs? He becomes... becomes, When I I simply do a play-by-play of a football play or and say, touchdown... He doesn't have, but then if I have to talk like him, he becomes a little bit of a, and sing like him, he's, he becomes a little bit of a Western cowboy for some reason. Yeah, he does. Well, I said, I told you, if Greg Sharp doesn't, if he doesn't like me, you know, he, if he doesn't like me now, he's he's really not going to like me now. Yeah. If he didn't like you then, he ain't going to like you now. No. Well. Ain't going to like you Wow. I'm picturing, I, I, I mean, picture Greg Sharp. Out like a luau, like on a beach, singing the touchdown Macarena to like a bunch of play-by-play guys. <laughs> like he put on, he put on a thirty pool. at the twenty at the ten. Is it touchdown at the fifteen at the ten at the five? Is it touchdown? Come on, everybody, don't you want to score a touchdown? Hey, it's a touchdown! <laughs> like he put on a play-by-play camp at like the Marriott Beachfront Resort. Oh, just so good. He puts on a live performance of the. Here's my pointer in song style. At the 30, at the 20, at the 10, <laughs> 15, at the Here's 10. Here's the problem now. Here's the problem. The more of these we do, the more songs we ruin. You will not be able to listen to these songs again without here thinking about Greg Sharp. I think the touchdown Macarena is better than the original Macarena now. <laughs> I agree. Well, you can understand it. Like, I don't know what's Spanish. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's Spanish. Maybe they actually are saying, at the 30, at the 20, at the 10, it's a touchdown. At the 15, at the 10, at the 5, it's a touchdown. Come on, everybody. Don't you want to score a touchdown? Hey, it's a touchdown. (laughs) 
Come on, everybody. Don't you want to score a touchdown? <laughs> it's a touchdown. Oh. oh. So great. I uh, wanted oh. to make sure that this pod got out there for uh, the Christmas weekend. <laughs> share it with your folks. Share it with your families and your friends. Send them send them this holiday gift. Yeah, heck of wow. a stocking stuffer right there. No, boy. That's what I call touchdowns. Uh, oh, boy. Oh. Uh, Tyler, what'd you think of the album? I'm not happy about that. Chicken Nick, yeah! Chicken Nick, yeah! Chicken Nick Show, yeah! Here we go! Chicken, yeah! Yeah! Chicken, yeah! Yeah! Picasso is my favorite art. I'm trying to go somewhere and start. Okay, I don't know if that's at all what he wrote there. I don't. <laughs> A Huda Media Production.